Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Start With You our weekly conversation with amazing women leaders from all over the world who come to share their stories, their journey, the challenges, opportunities, in order to inspire the next generation of young women in STEM, young women in leadership, so that they also can become great leaders. Uh, Today, we have the pleasure and the honor of having with us Mutoni Wegwa. How are you, Mutoni, this morning? It's actually this evening. What am I saying this morning? How are you today? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yes. Yes, it's morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm happy to have you. Mutoni. Yes. Talking of turning challenges into opportunities, right? Yes. I I want us to start there. When you look back at, you know, your journey, Right when from from the moment you were in high school, or even when you were you know a child, what would you say are some of the challenges that you saw your family going through that led you to become who you are today, or what were the things that were happening when you were grown, growing up that have shaped you to become the person who you are today? That's a good question. From a young age, I have always been a dreamer and. You know, when I recollect and think back, I always used to find myself in a corner, seated by myself, you know, just thinking about what the world can be and what there is out there. And when I have conversations with my dad today, he's like, yes, Modoni, as a young girl, you are a dreamer. And one thing that I appreciate what my parents always told me was, you can be anything that you want to be. So if you want to be a chef, if you want to be an astronaut, if you want to be an actress, you can be that. But the one thing that they said, if you want to be whatever you want to be, you you shouldn't have a conditioned mind. And I used to ask my dad, what's a conditioned mind? I don't understand conditioned mind. And he used to drum it in, do not have a conditioned mind. And one day it just hit me. A conditioned mind is someone who can't think for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is someone who waits for someone else to think for them. And basically what my dad was telling me was have an open mind. You know, dream big. Um, don't put limits on yourself. Don't think that whatever you're trying to achieve is not achievable. So as a young girl, I knew that whatever I put my mind to, I can do it. But of course, as life progresses, you become a teenager. My teenage years were, I can't even be paid a million bucks to go back to those years. They were just horrendous. I hated my teenage years, but anyway. Why? Why did you hate them? I think for me, first of all, as a teenager, you're trying to fit in. 
Okay. There's the peer pressure. You're trying to find yourself. Obviously, as a woman, the whole body change and the hormones, etc. And then you're still trying to figure yourself out. You're still trying to figure out what your dreams are. Your dreams are changing. And it's just like, goodness, there's no textbook, you know? So all of that, then transitioning now to my 20s. Now, for me, my 20s were a drastic change because I lost my mom. Okay. I think I was 21. And that for me really took or rather turned my life upside down, literally upside down. She was my best friend. She was my rock. And then just waking up one day and realizing that she's not there. And she was a pillar in our community, in society. She was a pioneer in the space of women empowerment, women economic empowerment. And she just started the whole microfinance. So for me, seeing her step into that space and being a pioneer and being an entrepreneur was also a good um, example for me to look at, even though okay. she wasn't there with us. And just say, how can I carry her dream forward? How can I make her proud? And that's what made me you know, stick to my guns and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Come rain, come sunshine, I'm just going to keep on going so that I can honor her and just make her proud but also to live that life of I can be anything that I choose to be and not have a conditioned mind. Excellent. I love that. Uh, the idea of having an open mind and being a dreamer, uh, if you actually were in an environment where your mind was limited or you were blocked, I think you would have had a lot more challenges to overcome. Would you say that when you got into high school, uh, that thought was challenged? that there, there is when, when you were in your teens, was that idea of having an open mind, was it challenged by your peers? When you think of, you know, that, that, peer, that difficulty, of that, that period that was difficult, how, how do you define their understanding of how a, a young woman should be, uh, you know, having all these dreams? What were your peers thinking about that? I am grateful for the schools that I went to because the curriculum, really enf enf enforced the fact that we need to think for ourselves. We had classes where we did critical thinking. For A-levels, I think there was a class for critical thinking. Okay. So we, we went through critical thinking. If you did English literature, you're taught how to, you know, read the prose, come up with your own conclusions for that story. So I'm grateful for that um, space where we were encouraged to think outside the box. But now when it comes to peers, now everyone doesn't come from the same background as definitely, you. Definitely, definitely. So yes, we may be in the same classroom learning critical thinking, learning how to you know, think outside the box. But when you come back to the dormitory at night, not everyone is applying what they've learned. So to fit in, you don't speak up like you would in a classroom because you don't want to be told, oh, Modoni, you know, we're not in class. Why do you have to be always the smart one? Why are you trying to show off? So you start settling and you start dimming your light so that you can fit in in these conversations. So as time goes by, you realize that the only place that you're speaking up is in the classroom because that's the space that it's allowed. Because, hey, when you, the leader of the pack doesn't want to look stupid or the leader of the pack doesn't want to look like they don't know it all. So you just kind of blend in and, you know, 
keep quiet and only speak up in the classroom. You know, that's quite interesting. And the reason why I was coming back to it, because I, I noticed when, when you were in my class, right, that intelligence was still there, but there was always that hesitation to constantly, you know, want to know more, right? And, and I see now, you know, the correlation because what happens in society is people who are big dreamers and who are smart, because what, what makes someone smart? You ask a lot of questions. So you seek for knowledge. You're always, you know, educating yourself. So you become very knowledgeable. But then the peers, what happens is they feel that by you asking more questions or you, you know, being more curious, they're being dumber, right? They're perceived as not as smart. And the education system, especially in Kenya, it, it's built on competition, right? It's built on uh, you're better than this one. And so rather than, you know, owning that power everywhere you go, right, which is, which is how it's supposed to be, isn't it, is you have to be able to take that power that you have in the classroom, but also take it to the dormitory and be able to stand up for yourself, right? But there you get bullied, right? There you get bullied. And so unless you develop that self-confidence and that self-assurance, it becomes very, very difficult to speak up for yourself, right? How would you say, what advice would you give to another young woman who is facing maybe the same challenge today, right? Who has a lot of ideas, has, has a lot of contributions, but feels like the world is trying to limit her, is trying to, to stop her from you know, expressing her full potential. How does she then you know, get to speak out and own her power? Wow, she, wow, it's a journey to be able to speak up and to own your power. Number one place is you've got to fail. You've got to speak up and then feel the pressure of being told to shut up. Like <laughs> so that's that. the starting point. You just have to speak up and feel the pushback and know, oh my gosh, I've spoken out. I, I can't do it next time. So facing failure. Um, it's, it's not, failure is not a bad thing. It's, it's not um, a place where people shouldn't shy away from. It's a good starting point. It's a good place to realize, okay, now that they told me not to say X, Y, and Z, what can I learn from that? Is it, am I, am I speaking to the wrong person or am I sharing an idea too soon? Because one thing I also learned as I was growing up is I recognized who I should speak to and who I shouldn't speak to in a particular, you know, if I'm, if I'm sharing an idea or, you know, contributing to a solution. Wisdom and discernment, right? Yes, wisdom and discernment. And just also going back to your elders. So like when I go home over the holidays, I'll be like, oh, mom and dad, I experienced X, Y, and Z. And they'll be like, you know what, next time try and do um, something differently. So for example, I, again, being, being a dreamer, dreaming big and contributing, I, I, I have this clear memory where I was, I think my second term, this is now in primary school, my second term, I'm doing great and one evening I come to my locker and I find that my books have been torn. Wow. Ink has been poured on everything in the locker. So basically I couldn't use 
the textbooks or the exercise books for that particular semester. And I was so heartbroken and I called my parents and I was like, you know, I'm going through this. So fortunately enough, my parents were able to come. We had a sit down with the teachers. And I remember my parents telling me now outside of the conversation with the teachers was like, Modoni, just because you're doing great doesn't mean that you should stop being great. If people can't accept you as you are, that's on them, but you continue doing great. You continue being top of your class. You continue bringing the best that you can do because there will always be people who will bully you, but don't let that steal you, steal the joy or steal your power. Just keep on going. So to the young woman out there, you find yourself in a space where you keep being pushed back. You keep being told to keep quiet. It's okay. Learn from that and start realizing that they aren't ready to take you as you are and it's okay. Just find the right opportunity where if you're going to share an idea, let's say in the, in the workplace, you are pitching an idea to your bosses, you're pitching an idea to a client, keep on trying, it's okay. It's okay to hear no. That's also something that I'm learning. It's okay to hear no because it strengthens you. It makes you learn how to rephrase your words. It makes you learn how to um, redesign your presentation or your thoughts in a manner that someone can receive it well. But just know this, if someone can tell you no, then they're not your audience. They're not your customer. So it's now trying to go through many no's to realize once you get to your yes, then that's the person that you're supposed to be speaking to. That's the audience that you're, you're supposed to be sharing your idea to. Because people who say no, they don't understand your vision, they don't understand you, or they simply just don't want you to move to the next point. Wow, that's that's so inspirational. You know, I'm just taking notes here. And, uh, and I would just add that it's also, you have the right to also say no, right? Uh, the same way that people will tell you no because they're not your audience, right? That you're not also everybody's audience. You're not like everybody's friend, right? You, that is also a, a way of owning that power, which is yours, is you don't have to please everybody. You don't have to hang out with everybody. You don't have to go to everyone's party. You don't have to go to everyone's you know, funeral. You have, the, you have that freedom to say no, and sometimes without an explanation, it's not necessary to give an explanation. And other times with respect, like a technique I use often is, I, I wouldn't want to be there and not give you my full attention. I have something Which else one? I need to focus on, right? Yeah. So you want me to do work for you. And, and I know I'm not gonna do this, I'm sorry, but I'm so focused on this thing that I'm doing that I wouldn't want to, to not give you the best of my attention or the best of my ability. So I'm sorry, but I won't be able to do it. But what else? What else can, can, can they do to own that power of theirs? One that stands out is in the workplace. Okay. So <laughs> I used to be in advertising. I was in the advertising space before. Now I jumped into the entrepreneurship journey. So with advertising, if anyone is familiar with it, it's cutthroat. I was in client service. So you have client service, you have the creative, and then you have the client. So you're basically the go-between between client and the creative. So one, one day, I don't know, I guess the creative director was having a bad day. 
I ha you have to go and brief the creative director and you know, tell him this is what the client wants and there are certain changes that are necessary. So I go up to him and he starts cussing me out. So you're just like-, like When you say cussing you out, like cussing you out how? Like, like how? You know, like, what like type the of- Like the F word. Really? The F okay. words. The F word, all right. The that, that's MF words, all those yeah. words. Okay. And, wow. and you know, it's open plan. So yeah. you're just wondering what's going on. I'm doing my job. I'm here to brief you. It's not like I'm doing anything out of the ordinary. And, I, and, and at that point, I realized that if someone is having a bad day or if someone wants to break you down, you don't have to give them that power. Definitely. You don't have to hand it over to them and be like, oh, like now I could have cried and be like, why are you talking to me like this? ETC. I was just like, you know what? I'm here to brief you. And if you're not ready, it's fine. And I just walked away. Of course, I went to my desk and balanced my tears and said, get it together, <laughs> Motoni, get it together. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I just told myself, yeah, yeah. I am not handing over my power to that individual. Definitely. So as young women, you'll find yourself in spaces where people will bully you, especially in the workplace. You'll find yourself someone trying to rob you of your joy. And you know, you know, it's just serious um, office politics. My key point would be don't give up your power. Don't, you know, make it easy for them to, to break you down. Yeah. That is so true. You know, I learned, I learned when I when I started my journey as a coach, because I needed to coach myself first, right? I was I was going through so much failure that I was, I needed to help myself <laughs> before anyone could say, I'll take you as a coach. And, and one of the things that I was struggling with at that time was, I, I feel like it was a bit of paranoia, right? I always yeah. had this belief that people were thinking something negative about me, right? And I think that was because uh, many people were were telling me that I was a failure or telling me that I was failing too much, you know? So, so it started like now, it's like we had a guest last week, uh, Mercy, and she said something very interesting. She said that if you're in a house and there's, you know, a, a hole in the ceiling and water is leaking, at first that noise of tick, tick, tick becomes very annoying, right? But if you don't fix the, if you don't fix the leak, it continues to leak. And then at some point you don't even hear it anymore. You know, like it's, it's become a part of your environment. And so for me, criticism and, you know, telling me I was a failure, I'm too expensive, I'm not going to, that would became like, you know, a part of my head. And so I learned somewhere the exact same thing that you're saying is like, no one is in control of your mood. You should allow no one to be in control of your mood. Because some people, when they're growing up, they grow up with parents who are manipulative, right? So parents who tell you, if you do this, I'll give you that, right? Or maybe you have a mother that manipulates the father or a father that manipulates the mother. So the child grows up understanding how to you know, manipulate people's emotions. And then as they grow up, they, they refine that skill. You know, like now they know how to master their emotions. They know how to trigger other people's emotions. And you're going to meet those people everywhere. Every day you're going to encounter those people who, because their parents didn't, you know, mold them properly, are going out in the world and, and, and you know, like manipulating people to death. And so when I understood that and I saw, okay, many of these people, th 
these things that they're telling me is not a reflection of who I am, but it's how they 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 don't perceive themselves. It's like the the, the insecurities that they have that they're hiding is what they're now putting on me. And so I started telling myself, yeah, I was like, it's done. Like no one will ever be in control of my mood. I'm not a remote control. Like you're not just gonna press one button and then I smile. And and even now, like where I am right, I've, I've come to another stage of my life now where I used to be, like I used to think if you're doing well, like, you know, like you're doing well in life, like you have a nice car, you have, you like you're doing well. I used to feel like other people hate that, right? Because you get, you, you see, like you get that, those eyes and all that. No, I don't care. Like, I don't, I, I'm not forced to make you smile. Like it, it, it does, you, you understand, like it's, it's being at peace with yourself and not allowing anyone to be in control of how you respond to situations. So that is a very, very powerful example. Give, give us a, a last third one that they can put in their, in their, in their, in their, in their, in their toolbox, right? As they go yeah, out in life. How to ensure that, you know, no one takes away their power. So it's interesting. There was another, I think way back, maybe 2015, 2016, now I'm in entrepreneurship and I went for a, a business talk. So the coach stroke um, entrepreneur had a session. So afterwards we could mingle and, you know, have a maybe five or 10 minutes talk with him on the side. So I decided to, you know, five minutes with him. I was like, oh, this is my journey so far. And maybe three minutes into our conversation, he says, Modoni, you need to believe in yourself. So I'm like, of course, I, I didn't want to really show him. But in my head, I'm like, but I thought I believed in myself. I mean, I, I stepped into entrepreneurship. It means I believe in myself. Um, pursuing the projects that I'm pursuing, I must believe in myself. But then for him to notice that I don't believe in myself was yeah. a wake up call. Yeah. yeah, I went back home and I asked myself, what is it that is in me or that I am putting out in the world that people can see yep. that I don't believe in myself? Yeah. It was a rude wake up call, but it was necessary um, where I had to ask myself, what narrative am I playing in my head that's making me not really step into who I truly am? Yep. So I would tell the young women in this, in this space and if they can tell other women out there, believing in yourself is so powerful because once you start believing in yourself, people then start meeting you at that point of belief. Yeah, exactly. Because what I realized because of not believing in myself I valued myself less. So I settled for less. So when I go for meetings, I'm only coming into the room half of myself. Yeah. I'm not really taking up the room. I'm not really coming in as myself because I don't believe in myself. So to the young women here, take time to figure out who you are. You're not a mistake, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your struggles, regardless of your failures, you're not a mistake. Now, from that point now, since you're not a mistake, what do I need or what do you need to do to, to enforce that truth? So are there people in your life who are toxic? Are there people in your life who don't support you in this journey of getting to the point where you believe in yourself? And then also when you go to bed at night, what are you telling yourself? 
Because you know, sometimes we like to blame the world and point fingers, it's them, it's them. But at the end of the day, it's you who spends the most time with you. So what are you telling yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Do you encourage yourself? Do you tell yourself, I can rise up from this situation? Because honestly, no one needs to go out of their way to tell you you can do it. No one needs to. So it's only you who can tell yourself, I can do this, I can do this. But you can only tell yourself these things if you truly, truly believe in yourself. No, yes, people can encourage you. Yes, people can cheer you on. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. You're on this journey for yourself. You're on this journey to fulfill purpose. You know, we are so unique to the point that we may be in the same household as siblings, but we are all called to fulfill different purposes. Definitely. And to fulfill that purpose, you have to believe in yourself, regardless of what's thrown your way. And for me, I've reached a point in my life where my faith is intertwined with my day-to-day living. Yeah. So for you to truly believe in yourself, it means that you know who you are and whose you are. You are created by God and he did not make a mistake. So with that said, whenever people come up to you and tell you otherwise, you hold on to the truth and say, I know who I am. I am God's child. I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I am important and I'm not here to waste, I'm not here to waste time. I'm here to fulfill purpose. Yes. That's hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mary, you see? <laughs> Uh, this is not a joke. Eh? <laughs> uh, uh, this is what I'm talking about. Is, is yes. this, this is not a mistake, you know. We're, we're not yeah. doing this by mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm extremely grateful to have these conversations because True. we we're not talking about something we read, you know. This is what we live. And there's a reason as to why there are people who have made it and they have the same way of thinking. Like you're you're going to dissect our philosophies. You're going to see layers on top of layers. And the more I grow, the more I realize that it's much more difficult to be a woman and to succeed. That is a fact. Like that is something that is not debatable. The people who debate it, they're ignorant, right? However, Even amongst, you know, even despite that, 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 um, those challenges, there is a particular way of living and thinking that if you adopt, you're going to rise above the tide. You know, you're going to rise above the flock. You're going to rise above the challenges. And, and that I'm very great. So the three things is one, be ready to fail because there's people out there who are going to tell you to shut up, right? But you have to get up and keep going. Two, is you have to own your power. You have to own your mood. You can't allow other people's emotions and their responses to, you know, to derail you and to stop you from you know, being who you are. And number three is you have to believe in yourself. You have to understand who you are, whose you are, what is the purpose that you have to accomplish on this earth. That's, that's very good. Uh, Mutoni, I want to ask you this. You've been uh, an award-winning leader. Right, you've you've applied for you know grants and you've received them. You've applied for programs like Yali. You've gotten into them, and you've had the chance to work with you know different levels of of, of leadership. So you know government on one side, 
institutions, donors, and all. So you have actually, you know, this this wide outlook on, you know, women and leadership, because in each and every one of these things, you've met other women in leadership positions. What advice would you give the next generation if they also want to, you know, get to a platform which is bigger than the one that they're at right now, right? What have you noticed about, you know, women in leadership? What are the values that you must have what are the strategies that you must do? What, what, what type of personal branding should you think about, right? What are the things that if you had done, maybe even getting out of campus, you would have been maybe even more successful than you are today? Are you developing yourself? You know, are you going to apply for online courses even if they're free? Are you taking up a new skill? For me, one thing that I can say that I'm pushing myself in Yes, I'm in the audiovisual space, but I've, I'm also asking myself this question, how comes it's taken me this long to start a podcast? You know, I started last year. And it's that willingness to start something new. Are you willing to start something new? Are you teachable? Or are you going to always wake up each day and think that you already know it all? So I think personal development and investing in yourself and learning something new is the space that I see women in leadership are always in. Investing in themselves, learning something new and always being teachable. Wow, I love that. And, and I'd like to bounce off of, you know, that starting something new. The reason why many people are afraid of starting new things is mostly because of fear of failure, right? And the imposter syndrome that we talk a lot about, whereas you don't feel like you're worthy of even the success in the things that you're doing. So starting something new feels a lot difficult because you're afraid if it doesn't work out, what people will say. Could you share with us how you overcome the fear of failure? How you overcome you know, uh, the challenges of launching a new idea, launching a new initiative? taking risks, changing careers, how would you, how would you, what, what is your thought process? I can say this now in hindsight, but most people don't want to start something new because they don't want to be seen starting small. Okay. Um, when you start small, you know, you're ridiculed, you're seen to be struggling, you know, people, are, your, 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 maybe your product is not being bought your following on social media is small. So, you know, you don't want to be seen starting small. You just want to do the new thing and bam, you know, it let it be a hit. <laughs> and it works out instantly. It cannot happen like that. That's true. So for me, the flip side of that is not even the fear of failure. You just don't want to be seen starting small because everyone is keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with who and who. So you're just in this space of comparison. So you see someone who is a great social media influencer with maybe 500K followers, but you want to get there tomorrow. It's not possible. Yeah. You've got to put in the effort day in, day out, being consistent. And this is another place where people don't want to play consistency because consistency means that you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to be committed. People aren't committed these days. People are just, you know, you flip flop one foot in, one foot out. Yep. 
And then also you don't want to be held accountable. So if you're making mistakes, you don't want to ask someone, what can I do to improve? You, you just want to shift the blame and say, you know, it's not working out. So let me just leave it. So you don't want to be held accountable. So that, that's for me is people just don't want to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, because that, that brings about the thought that we are lazy, right? Most of us. And we want to launch something today, get the result tomorrow, get the praise by the end of the day tomorrow. And so that pain of not having that is what we don't want to go through. And so you're telling them, face the pain, face the challenge, do it anyway, and be patient, right? Because if you're consistent with something, no matter what it is, it's going to grow. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll be consistent with what you're doing and see it grow. Until next time, stay safe.